days and days since I stopped work for this. I can't eat. can't sleep. I can't stop now, though. I've got to. I've lost all critical perspective. The signs. The warnings of this house. Freudstein's house. That anguish crying. And Sheila smiles. What can I do to make her believe me? Maybe I'm insane. Yes, this is all unreal. Freudstein's house draws me like an infernal magnet and frightens me. We interrupt this program to bring you a special broadcast. Dunwich police authorities have declared a state of emergency, effective immediately within Dunwich County. All citizens are requested to return to their homes as quickly as possible. In case of necessity, contact this station, Radio WDWC. The telephone number is 825-881. All citizens are urged to remain calm and follow all instructions to the letter. We repeat, do not... Are you telling me what's going on? The dead are leaving their tombs. Oh, that's a lot of crap. Definitely not. Welcome to Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Erica. Hey, I'm Steve. Hey, I'm Jose. Or El Jose, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm David. And tonight we are talking the Gates of Hell trilogy by Lucio Fulci. We're going to be talking about City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, and The House by the Cemetery. So, enjoy. Yeah, so before we dive into these episodes, I just wanted to go over just a little, like, legacy of Fulci. Uh, at this point, I think I was around 10 years old. I had seen, like, all the franchise horror films, and I thought I was, like, pretty fucking hardcore into it, you know? Like, I was like, oh, I've seen it all at this point. So then I got introduced to Fulci, and I was not ready. Like, I was fucking terrified. Fulci films, as a, as a kid for me, terrified me, gave me nightmares. And it kind of put me in check, you know? So, like, that fear, like, turned into nothing but absolute love. So when we were creating the schedule, I was like, yo, Fulci Day's coming up in March. We gotta do a Fulci episode. So this one is for all the Fulci fans out there as we cover the Gates of Hell trilogy. All three. Uh, all three. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, wait, hold on. Steven went along with it. Yeah, he was like, oh, no, all three of you, and then I he was like, wait that. a minute. <laughs> And then I caught on, but hashtag Fulci lives. There's like mad Fulci fans out there. And because of Fulci, I got to reach out to other people on Instagram over the years and also uh, share my passion with uh, Lucho Fulci. So I think, you know, he's a man of great respect. Um, and he is the godfather of gore. So if it wasn't, f- it wasn't for Fulci films, I really wouldn't have dived out of like the mainstream horror and really start digging into the deeper shit. So shout outs to Fulci. This episode's for you, man. 
Hey, Steven, do you and the three Fulci fans, like, do you guys... Do you have off? a convention? <laughs> wow. All right. Yo, yo, oh. this isn't a Fulci rip, all right? Yeah. All right. Respect we get to the started, legend. So we're going to start out by talking about City of the Living Dead. It was released in 1980. It follows a psychic and a journalist, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Played by Christopher George. Are going to a town called Dunwich to close the... Gate of Hell. Now, Look, let me just say that before we dive in, because this resonates with all three of these, story is not important whatsoever in these three movies. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. Story is not focused on to the point yeah. where I had to look up what was going on a lot of the time. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not think so it's because this of one, the though. translating... No, uh-uh. it, it's literally just the way it was made. Fuck you, Fulci man. Step up your game. Yo, Sierra, fuck you. <laughs> You're not even on the episode. <laughs> you just hear Dylan or Steven in the background. He's like, yo, Sierra, fuck you. I've seen better horror movies made by Disney. Yo, go watch Sex and Chainsaw Massacre. Disney does make yeah. movies. Uh, yeah, I will because it's a ten fucking star movie. It's great. It's a classic. Okay, Sarah. Unlike I mean, Fulci. Sarah, you're more you're more than welcome to go see uh, Thanks Killing again. No, oh, there you go. That's another Stephen pick. <laughs> it was I'm Thanksgiving at, themed. Stephen, I'm coming yeah. at you hard today. You're okay, not even on the episode. You can't I, come at Stephen hard. Guys, nope. if you get bored <laughs> of this episode because Fulci sucks, feel free to add me on PlayStation and we can play Dead by Daylight and have a good time. Good night. Bye, Sarah. <laughs> I'll miss you okay. all, except Steven. Fulci sucks. Go listen to Southtown. Yeah, go listen to Southtown, Sierra. We're gonna find out hard as fuck. to Southtown in ten. I will never listen to Southtown, you prick. I heard you listen to it five times before you cut on. Yeah. Wow. I Ooh. legitimately ignored the fact that he was playing that Okay, so, um, the, I, I watched these movies in order from the way, this was my first time watching them. I know Erica, it was, it was your first, first time. time yeah. Um, Steven, I know it wasn't your first time. David, Jose, what about you guys? So I watched these, like, way out of order. So, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, no, I bought um, I bought The Beyond and House by the Cemetery last year, like, in like in September and, like, de- like, December. And I watched them, like, the months I bought them. And then I just finished watching City of the Living Dead, like, not 20 minutes ago. Oh. No, 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 no offense, but I've had, like, a wicked bad cold, and I've not been able to watch very much this week. Oh, that's all good. But no, I, yeah, it's, uh, but no, like, uh, I, I really like City of the Living Dead. That, that's probably my favorite of the three. Um, just, just laying it out there. Um, and, well, for me, like, it's actually kind of funny, is my dad bought, um, City of the Living Dead on VHS, and for whatever reason, my sister and I started watching it, and then just turned it off, like, three minutes into it, and never watched it. And then I had actually watched The Beyond a few times um, over just a couple years, and then I kind of watched them out of order again this time, because I I mean, I watched The Beyond when I was hungover and didn't realize that that was the second movie in the trilogy. <laughs> so then I ended up watching them in order from that point on, but uh, yeah. And for the record, for anybody who's listening who hasn't checked these movies out, there's not a really, like, there's not a consistent story to where you have to watch them in order. It's just kind of like an anthology, I guess, uh, each having to do with one of the gates of hell. 
like a thematic trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, and they all have Catrion and McCall in them. That's the only connection. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of, uh, and it was coming out around the same time too, but with Argento, the, like, Suspiria, the fucking um, Inferno, that whole trilogy, the Three Mothers trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing, I'm not very big on Italian horror, but I guess this is like a ongoing thing. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine. But, no, uh, I watched City of the Living Dead first, and the first thing that I noticed about it that really took me out of it, um, this was the only one that I had watched with Sierra, and she had pointed it out too, was the way that the film was edited was really fucking weird. Like, the transitions, it felt like it was in the middle of the scene, and, and it, it would just cut. cut to something else. Yeah, right. And that's what really threw me off as far as the story, because, like, I couldn't really take in what was going on with each scene before it would cut to another one right away. Mm. That was a big thing for me. Um, it, it made it... For me, City City was, was, very, uh, was very boring. And I think that the editing had a lot to do with it. And I'm big. Uh, I'm a big story person. Like I love visuals, but if a if a movie has a killer story, it can be a little more B rated and and cruddy as long as the story's there. And I'm like, you know, if that's a good story that I can get behind, and it it invokes some sort of emotion, I'm on board with it, like, 100%. Like, I'll I'll figure out a way to like it. And uh, City was uh, was hard for me because I felt like it was too choppy, like like Dylan had pointed out. Um, the gore was on point. I mean, if you're, if you're that person and gore is, like, your thing, these are definitely, like, these are definitely go-to movies. And if you haven't seen them, then I highly recommend them because... Don't if, waste your time! If you love gore, then this is... <laughs> This is like where it starts. Like this is this yeah. is definitely where it starts, and um, it's it's there. Visually, the gore is well done. I mean, it it is very well done, and I think those are some of the positive things that that I took from it. But as far as city as a movie, like as a whole, the movie to me was just very choppy, and it didn't flow, and I didn't feel like it had a a valid story. I feel like it was just like these very just like a bunch of gore clips kind of like smashed together. There there yeah. was something that with all three of these movies too that kind of took me out of the whole gore aspect. I'm not really like I don't I don't mind gore whatsoever. I mean, we just covered Hatchet last week and we're like, yeah, these kills are fun, but the thing with these were they were so in your face to the point where they would be drawn out for like the longest time where yeah. it was just and then like for example, I'm I'm skipping ahead to the beyond a little bit, but the beginning part where the guy's getting whipped with the chains, and it's like every time he gets whipped, it just zooms in on it, and it's just like, look, here's gore, look, here's gore, and that's what kind of took me out of it. Like if you're gonna have a gory part, like talking about this movie, City of the Living Dead, the part, and I I had messaged you a bit about it, Stephen, with the girl who like literally throws up her insides. Yeah, that was actually a fun yeah. fact. That was real sheep intestines. Yeah, yeah. she was throwing up. Really, we discussed yep. that yep. last week too. Because, <clears throat> and it was that scene. That scene is definitely uh, that one resonates. Like, yeah, that those scenes I didn't mind as much because they weren't drawn out and they were fucking. It was it was a psychological aspect to them. It wasn't just weird. Here's some gore. Um, the priest in this movie was a little weird and the bird I liked how he looked yeah 
Yeah. yeah. He looked cool. I had no idea what his motivations were. Yeah, exactly. Like, the whole movie just starts with him hanging himself, and that somehow opens the gate of hell. And it's, there's, like, again, the story's not really there. Yeah. Yeah, see, like, Fulci, I feel like his his motivations weren't so much, like, plot, unfortunately, but more of, like, shock uh, aspect and just really getting, like, certain shots, really. Like, you know, he is called the Godfather of Gore, so, of course, like, you know, when you mention that he, like, uh, the Gore scenes kind of drag out, like, to him, like, that's gold, and that's, like, his main focus. And uh, one thing I could really take away from all three of these movies is just, like, atmosphere. That's always the thing that stuck with me is, like, the atmosphere. Like, you feel like something bad is really going to happen, and you're just kind of waiting for it to happen. Unfortunately, with the editing, you know, and the choppiness of it, it, it may take you out, but for me, I just couldn't help but feel that heavy, bad vibe going on that I'm like, man, this town is fucked, and once, like, the dead really start coming, you know, once the gateways open and the dead really start coming, like, I'm like, oh, shit, dude, like, this is yeah. fucking crazy. Sorry. And fun fact about, um... The scene with the woman throwing up her entrails, I actually, like, that was the reality check for me, that I was not ready at, for Fulci films at the age of 10, because I actually threw up, like, oh, and shit. my grandfather got pissed, and he was like, what the fuck, dude, like, I'm gonna turn this shit off, and I was like, go for it, go for it, I fucking couldn't, it, it took me a while to, like, really sit down and fully, you know, take in these films, because for, for a while I was terrified of them. You know, being 10 years old, you know, I was like, fuck, this is too hardcore for me. See, I, I agree with the whole atmosphere thing because, you know, I felt the same thing. But the problem was, for me, was this the movie was very drawn out, I feel. I think that had they cut maybe like 40 minutes out of this movie and made it a short and had it move, like the pacing, I guess, would be my biggest complaint with it. And... You know, once it gets to the last, like, 30 minutes, that's where you really just get this feeling of dread when the dead start rising and they're all burnt and fucking... With the little kid... uh, Yeah. Like, that whole part, I was like, this is fucking crazy. But it took so long to get to it. And it's bad to... Like, I... I don't want I don't want to put off this impression that I'm just shitting on these movies, because that's not my intention, but this is just, like, my takeaway with it. Like... These movies were all roughly like an hour and 20 to an hour and 28 minutes, and they just felt like like three-hour movies to me. Yeah, they dragged really hard. I think that the biggest thing for, for me, especially, like, like we, we've all, like, discussed the, the Fulci films, and I know Steven, um, Steven has put a lot of uh, hype into them, and... I am a huge Argento fan, and so is Dylan, and I think that I was kind of going into them expecting, expecting an Argento, and that's, uh, they're, they're night and day, like, I, I guess, like, when you look at it, you know, it, Fulci's way out in left field compared to Argento, so it was, um, that was kind of a, a letdown for me, but that was my own fault, like, I kind of psyched myself out on it thinking, thinking something, and... I, I, Stephen had warned that the, the gore was there and he was like, you know, these are extremely like graphic and they're very like, that's what it is. It's a, it's a gore movie, but I, I wasn't, I'm okay with gore. Gore doesn't bother me, but I think that what got me was that there just wasn't a cohesive story for me. And that was, that was frustrating. And again, like Dylan said, like, I don't want to go in here and sound like I'm just hating on Fulci because that's not the case. And I actually have, uh, 
think two other films of Fulci's that I've I had recommended to me that they've said are completely different than this series, and they're absolutely uh, phenomenal. So I, I want to check them out too. Um, and I'm trying to find the list to tell you what films those are. If you bear with me, because I have them. In a... Is it Don't Torture a Duckling or The New York Ripper? I do want to watch... Both of those. Those were them. Thank you. Yeah, I want to watch Don't Torture a Duckling, because it yeah. just sounds really fucking crazy. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, Larry was actually the one. Because I, I talked to Larry about it, because I was... Um, Larry's our good friend over at Creature Creature Feature. Yeah. And um, I... Uh, I was I was trying to get a little I we all at some point I think have all reached out to Larry for some sort of horror guidance if you would he's like he's like our guidance counselor here at Horror Haven we all talk to him about shit so um I had reached out to him because I was I was uh I was trying to figure out how to kind of like discuss these without sounding like I was just bashing the shit out of them and you know cuz that's never what we like to do like there are definitely movies where we all collectively hate them and even then we really tried to be um really good about not bashing them and I that's not really the kind of picture we want to paint of ourselves because everybody has their own outtake and outlook on horror so but I had a I had reached out to Larry about it because I was like you know I don't really know how to how to put my my words out there to kind of express how I feel about them without sounding like I just absolutely fucking hate them and they're horrible. But we discussed it and he kind of, he really made it kind of like a little, little easier for me to digest and kind of get like, okay, well that like this all makes sense. And see, I think what it is, what it was for me anyway, with this whole thing was I didn't hate these movies. I I don't want to put off the impression that I hate them, but the pacing and the unnecessary parts of the movie outweigh the good parts for me. Um, for me, there was just something missing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, like, yeah there's like a void there. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like... For, for me, it was kind of different, like, as far as, like, cohesive story goes, because um, for me, at least, this one, uh, City of the Living Dead, of the three, to me, at least, had the most straightforward story. And I, I I don't know, but it was kind of um, I didn't actually mind the choppiness of the editing too much. I don't I don't think I noticed it as much because um, I think uh, Stephen mentioned it earlier that he had, like you had nightmares like after you first watched this movie, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially like when um, the John John sees his sister in the window. Yeah. That scene fucked me up as a kid too. So I was like, "Fuck, man, this is." This is fucked, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, for some odd reason, like, when I was watching this movie, um, like, the John John scene when he's running through, like, the fog. Yeah. And, and then the scene with just, like, the, the snow that's maggots, like, the maggot snow. I, I feel like those reminded me of, like, some, like, nightmares I had when I was a kid. And, it, like, for some odd reason, those, like, like, atmosphere-wise, they kept me, like, they kept me grabbed more than I think, um... More than I think they would have if I just gone into it without like feeling that way. Cool. I don't know if I'm making, I don't know if I'm making sense at all. No, no, dude, definitely. And like, fun fact is like, I think they used twenty pounds of maggots for that scene in a wind machine. So those were like all real. I thought that scene was, was really, really cool. Yeah. Like that that scene in general, I was like that. It made my skin crawl. Like I don't do maggots in general, but watching like a whole fucking rainstorm storm of them, all I could think about was, you know, damn well they like blew into their clothes. <laughs> yep. And, wow. uh, and I was like, no, I can't do that. Mm-mm. It I literally really like it made me so uncomfortable, which I think is really cool. 
What about you, David? I was gonna say is um. For me, a lot of times, too, I kind of, like, if a movie has a good story, which I'm kind of like Erica here, is, like, it can suck me in. And I just feel like this film had the opportunity for a better story, especially because it's kind of taking concepts from H.P. Lovecraft, because Dunwich is a city or a village that he constantly, like, references back to. And that being the village they go to this one. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me... I mean, like, with the effects and everything, I love that he just focuses on eyes, because that freaks me out <laughs> when they focus in and then somebody gets stabbed in their eye or they just do something to it, which is that, and he does it so much in, especially the first two films in this trilogy. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I really liked was the soundtrack. He always seems to have the best scores picked out for this film. Oh, and, yeah, Fabio Frizi's awesome. Um, but other than that, and I mean, I really loved McCall, too. She, uh... I kind of found it weird in the beginning of this film where she kind of has that death scene, and I'm like, um, she's your star and she's already gone. But then that scene where she's trapped in the coffin just had me so anxious and thinking that she wasn't going to get saved that I really enjoyed that part of it. One yeah, it definitely favorite, suits you on the edge of the seat, for sure. Well, one of my favorite, like, just, like, as far as, like, directing goes, one of my favorite scenes out of uh, out of all of the movies was when he's using the pickaxe to open the open the casket. And, like, the use of light was very, like, that entire, and I think the reason I love it goes back to my love for Argento and Suspiria, because it was the use of light. So, like, the inside the casket's, like, blue, and that pickaxe is, like, coming right for her fucking face, and it, like, breaks through, and you can actually, like, see and hear, like, the fear in her about, like, not only being buried alive, but now she's worried about the fucking, like, the axe coming at her fucking head. Right. Absolutely. And, like, that's the worst way to go. Can you imagine, like, waking up in a coffin realizing, like, what the fuck, like, how did I get here? that was, like, my biggest fear. (laughs) Like, first off, okay, me and Sierra just had this discussion the other day. Like, growing up, do you remember having, like, really dumb, irrational fears that you thought were so much more serious and now that you're an adult, like, you find out that they're not? Buried alive. Like, I really had this horrible fear that I was, like, that people got buried alive, like, way more than they really do. (laughs) <laughs> and fucking quicksand. Like, I literally thought that, like, the beach, like, anytime you went to the beach, like, it was probably, like, there was a good chance you were going to step into fucking quicksand and just that was how you were going out. Scooby-Doo made that, like, seem like more Indiana of a Indiana big- Jones. There was, like, so many of them, though. Like, I would just remember watching, like, shows as kid, like as a kid, and I'd be like, dude, fucking quicksand is so fucking, like, it's so real. It's out there. It's going to get me. Yeah, one character I thought was really random was Bob. I kind of, like... I was like, why is this dude in this movie? Like, he kind of just doesn't fit. I mean, I guess, like, they're like, oh, you know, it's a way for the town to blame, like, all these mysterious happenings on him. On he's, like, somebody, yeah. Trouble. Yeah, right. yeah, but, like, I was like, there, the scenes with him in it were just so random. Like, the fucking blow-up sex doll. Like, yeah, him yeah. going back <laughs> to the house. And the drill the priest, scene. Yeah, the priest appearing there, only not to kill him. But the drill scene, even though it was random as fuck, that was such an awesome uh, scene. And I know a friend of mine, who's a Fulci fan, and she has that scene tattooed on her thigh. So shout-out to you, Amy. That scene Whoa. is awesome. Yeah, she's got, like, literally Bob's head being drilled in on her thigh, so it's pretty cool. My um, issue with Bob was is that they keep saying that he's a piece of shit, but then he doesn't really do anything that makes him a piece of shit. He's just there. He's just running around. And, like, um, like I saw the trailer to this movie, a, like, a million times when I was in, like, high school. Uh, but And I guess, like... I, the pacing of the trailer is a lot quicker, and I, yeah. I thought... It's like, you know that bit, the first girl just dies, and, you know, they find her and stuff, and it's like she's like, Bob, don't leave me alone! I thought 
in the trailer that he was like like abusing her or something. No, they just <laughs> I, I was I was so confused when she was just like, "Oh, hey, Bob, what's going on?" And then like Father Thomas comes out and he, he just rubs a bunch of like gummy worms on her face. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Yo, that shit looked disgusting. It looked like shit mixed with worms or something. I was like, "This is fucking foul." Yeah. <laughs> Like, no wonder she's murderous and mad. She's like she's covered in literal shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to point out with this movie and all of these movies really is the soundtrack. They all they were all done by Fabio Fritz. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure I was getting the name. I'm fucking terrible with names. If you have, it's either I think it's Freezy or Fritz. Yeah, one of those two. I Freezy. Think it's I think. Freezy. Yeah, his score is awesome. The main theme in this was a total like copy of Zombie. Yeah, it, yeah worked, it was. It worked so well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's really cool too. When they're down in Father Thomas's tomb, and then the music hits, and like they're all like rising, like from the inside of the tomb, yeah. like underground. I thought that scene was pretty fucking awesome. The music just like made it so much better. I think a big thing that I, a big problem that I had with this movie, and this and the beyond really was, and we discussed it in the Day of the Dead episode, is I am so zombied out. Yeah. And luckily, yeah. this was a little, it was a different take on zombies than what we're used to. Yeah. And the whole Gates of Hell uh, storyline <laughs> really added to it because that on its own is a storyline that I'm super interested in. So to see a movie series revolving around that, because it's such an interesting like piece of folklore that you really don't see explored that often. No, it's such a, it, that's just it. It's an interesting concept. And I think that was another thing that kind of like psyched me out is that like Dylan, like I find that whole, uh, the whole gates of hell thing extremely interesting. Um, cause it's in, it's in tons of folklore though. It's not just in like American folklore. It's in, it's in other countries as well. And, um, <laughs> Um, I, uh, sorry, Siri just threw a cat. <laughs> what? Um, who throws a cat? Well, no, she, like, placed it on the table. I made it sound like she, like, whipped it across the house. Like, we're in the office, and she, like, set it on the, the desk. For, uh, I don't know why, but she did, and then walked away. Um, so I was, I, this is, like, such an interesting concept, and I think that was what was a little bit frustrating, is that, um... I wanted more of a story because I was I was so so stoked about the idea that I really wanted more out of the story. Um, I think too, and we'll talk about it as we talk about the Beyond and the House by the Cemetery. I feel like Fulci really got an idea of what he wanted to do with the movies as they went on. Yeah, because you see a lot yeah. of things that he explores in this movie that I would say aren't really done very well. That are like mastered in the Beyond and mm-hmm. um, and yeah. by the Cemetery. Uh, one thing that I'll mention when talking about this was the focus on the eyes. And I know that Italian directors they do put a lot of focus on the eyes, and not even just Italian directors. <clears throat> I mean, when we were talking about the Universal monsters and older movies like that, they really do the I- same thing. But when they do it, they do it for a reason. There's you know to show emotion, to show something. Right. But this, it was just like somebody would be talking and it would randomly just like shoot in on their eyes, and it's like, <laughs> all right, like. Right. And then, but what really, what really set me off with this movie was the random like 
somebody would be talking and they would turn and just look right at the camera and just like <laughs> go on with their dialogue yeah. while staring right at the camera. And I'm like, I was literally yelling at my TV, like, what are you doing? I like the woman in the beginning, uh, that, that like, uh, she hosts the seance. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't look at her the same without thinking of Roger from American Dad. Like, that, <laughs> if you look that image up of her and like Roger from American Dad, that, that is fuck. <laughs> The end of this movie. Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I was pissed off by the end of this movie. So the end of the movie, uh, they come out of the tomb and they see John John, and he comes running towards them. And what's the girl's name? Mary. Yeah. She starts yelling, "No, my God!" And then it just ends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's no explanation, and I I did so much research into this to try and find out what the hell was going on, and. The main thing that I found was that the original ending was supposed to show the dead rising up again, and it basically was showing that they were too late, they didn't fix anything, but the film reel got destroyed. Oh. So, Fulci just kind of rushed and threw that in there. I don't know if that's how true that is, how accurate it is, because there's a ton of different theories as to what happened with the ending, but that was the most common one that I had found. Well, that makes sense, though, because, like, I mean, because one of my issues with the ending, too, was this, like, they go down into the crypts, and then they just stab him with the cross, and then it, like, and then he just dies, and I'm like... Well, they stab him in the dick. Like, if you get stabbed in the dick, you're going down. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) That's why you wear a cup, kids. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, no, honestly, it sucks the way the movie does end because it just leaves you kind of just sitting there like, what the fuck happened? You know, I would have loved to see a complete ending. I I felt like she was just, like, finally, like, freaking out after being (laughs) down in, like, the cavern and killing shit. But then it does feel kind of clunky. Yeah. Another theory that I read, too, is that... um... I, I mean, there there's a ton of theories as to what was going on at the end. One of them was the fact that John John never learns Mary's name, so the fact that he yells Mary at the end and run tor- runs towards her, it was like to show that he was actually a zombie or some yeah. shit like that. Um, <laughs> another thing that I read was she had a psychic vision while he was running towards her, and that's what... I, there's so many different theories that you can look into as to what happened, but like I said, the most common one, and the one that makes the most sense to me, is the film reel getting destroyed. <laughs> right. So yeah, you what? guys want to rate City of the Living Dead? I don't know. Well, well, can I say one thing, though? Yeah. Yeah, so like, my favorite character of this whole movie was uh, Peter, the journalist, um, mainly <laughs> because you're... Yeah, he reminded me of, like, Kolchak, the Night Stalker. You, you know, the dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I was so pissed off. Like, the the cops are like, "Hey, so do you want help? Like, finding the priest's grave and stuff? Like, we can give you some guys." And he's like, "Nah, take care of the kid." I was like, "Really?" <laughs> and then, and then, like, then I then and I thought he was gonna have like a a more meaningful death, and he's just like they just go downstairs and. Uh, what's her face? The, the 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 shrink's girlfriend just like squeezes his brain out. Mm. It was, it just oh, so well, oh, Christopher George's brain. Yeah, yeah. That was another thing too. When we were watching this movie, I had the worst fucking migraine, and that oh, death, mm. that scene was shown so many times of like the fucking just head getting squeezed, and every time it did that, I turned to Sierra and be like, "That's how I feel right that's now." That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I guess you had a splitting headache. 
did it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, funny thing about, like, his, his one, um, uh, patient, I guess, like, since he was, like, a therapist or whatever. Yeah. I know, I couldn't help but notice the fucking painting she was working on of a rhino head over a beach. And then I was like, yo, she just foreshadowed the beginning of fucking James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> like, God damn it. There we go. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Are you telling me that the gates of hell is really uh, just, you know, it's in the fucking the whole, rhino. Uh, cinematic universe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James and the Giant Peach just marveled this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so who's rating this first? David. Well, I will come in with this one. Uh, with everything that, uh, I mean, I kind of already voiced what I didn't like. Um, like I said, the soundtrack, uh, the eye horror, and um, and the effects were just great. So I actually came in with a 7 on this one. Dope, right. dope. Jose! Um, so stacking this up against um, the other two, and also the fact that uh, my entire hobby is based on watching the worst of the worst bad horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> This one was actually really enjoyable. Um, I uh, I will have to say that the the trailer had much better pacing. So you know, if you don't want to watch the whole movie, I guess you can watch that. If you know, <laughs> nice. But um, now I uh, I actually give this one an eight out of ten. Okay. All right, cool, cool. Steven? Uh, yeah, I'm also gonna go with an eight out of ten. I think this movie, for the time seeing it, was absolutely terrifying and disgusting. To say the least, like, again, I literally threw up, and my grandfather had to turn it off, and was like, no, nah, we're fucking done here, we're done, you know, <laughs> like, but I, I, I've, I've grown to, to really love this one, um, it's not the strongest in the series, and like you said, Dylan, uh, he, he got better with time, um, but I just love the fucking atmosphere in this movie, there's just something about it that just so, like, dreadful, and just, I could really take it away with that, like, just that feeling of dread, you know? So, yeah, an 8 for me. I'll go next. Um, I'm going to be probably the, the downer on this one. Of the three movies that we watched, this one was my least favorite. Um, I The pacing just totally pulled me out of it. And I do love... I, I thought the end was great. The last, like, 30 minutes where it really gets into the story. Pretty much from where jo- with John John and his sister... When they get that phone call that's like, oh, she just killed her family, but she died two days ago, that whole shit. Like, once that happened, I was like, okay, I'm invested. But that really didn't make up for the other hour that I just sat there, A, wondering what the fuck was going on, and B, like, not trying not to doze off, I guess. Um, it's not it's not a bad movie, though, by any means. It was just, of the three, it was my least favorite. I'm probably going to come in with, like, a... I'm going to come in, um, it's my least favorite out of the three, actually, too. Um, and Dylan and I kind of, we cheated this week, we usually don't discuss the movies at all, and, uh, we kind of chit-chatted about it a little bit this week, and, um... We do not have the favorite. Uh, I feel like we don't have the same favorite. I Um, feel like this is a curveball of an episode, too, because... Like, every week, we kind of know what we're getting into. So, before I even watch the movie or discuss the episode, like, I kind of already go in with this idea of what I'm going to rate the episode or the movies. And this was just a complete curveball because I didn't know what to expect from it. And I think it's interesting, too, because I had talked to Steven a little bit 
about the movies, and I talked to you, and I feel like we all took different stuff out of the uh, the movies, and I think honestly we all have a different favorite. So yeah, it, that that's a first too. Usually, because yeah. usually <laughs> me and Del- usually you and I are pretty on par with everything. Yeah. Um. But continue. Yeah, it just um it wasn't the strongest out of the three. Um. It had some very cool scenes. Uh, I it it definitely uh, had some really cool scenes. It the story is what really lacked for me in in this one, and um, I I just I thought it was a little bit boring. Um, so I am gonna be the downer of this week and come in with a five. And there's five of us judging this. Whoa. Oh, what the fuck did I just do? God damn it. Hold on, I can't math. I'm, I'm usually the scorekeeper. Comes in with a solid 6.7, which I actually think is pretty fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Steven, that. do you feel that's fair? I think it's fair. I mean, right. I I kind of, like, expected lower ratings from at least uh, Dylan and you, because, like, I mean, it's it's honestly, Fulci films aren't everyone's, you know. No, they're you, you either, not. You either love them or you hate them, and it's very rare to find someone in between yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I'm really hoping, like, this is the whole thing, though, because, like, I'm, obviously, like, we're, we're into a, a hobby where we watch a lot of, the defi- uh, well, uh, El Jose takes a cake for watching the shittiest of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, but we've, we've dabbled, uh, dabbled, if you will, a little bit in some really fucking horrible stuff, Creepshow 3. Um, <laughs> and anything that came out of the 50s. Uh, that's just my personal hatred of the 50s i'm sorry um but uh, i i don't think that i don't think that they're horrible and i i'm sorry if i'm coming off that way or or doing or sounding like that and um we've discussed that i do i do like italian horror but i will say that i am a bigger fan of argento than i am fulci and baba and i love baba <laughs> mario baba not that lombardo isn't good as well but um Lombardo's alright, but Mario Bava definitely. Yeah. He well, he I feel like it just started with him, you know. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like he's like the, it's the classic. He's like the Italians version of like Universal. He's very diverse yeah. too because like and you, know you could Scratch you could put on like Black yeah. Sunday and then A Bay of Blood. And yeah, not and even like, realize they're not the same even the same person yeah. exactly. But yeah. that's like and, that's the talent behind it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, and you know what's funny too is like before Fulci got into horror, like. He was making spaghetti westerns and comedy, and he didn't, like, really, like, until he started doing, like, Jallo films in, like, the early 70s, like, this was all, like, fucking foreign to him, you know, anything horror-wise. So, I, I think it was, like, really ambitious for him to just completely switch and then just carry on with horror, and then like later be called Raven Godfather making, of Horror. It's kind of like Wes Craven who was making porn, and then was like, fuck yeah. it, I'm gonna make yeah. horror movies. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, same thing. Horror movies, horror. You know, it's just a little doff. Yeah, and honestly, before we move on, like it it took a while to to get a fan base over here because no one really knew about his shit until like tape trading in the '90s started happening. So once people were able to get like a copy because it was easier to get like VHSs in the '90s, then like the appreciation for Fulci started coming over to like the United States. Whereas before, it was really like. It was really unheard of, you know? Like, you would only see these in cheap grindhouse films, and I gotta thank Quentin Tarantino for pushing that over, because the next film we're about to get into, The Beyond, like, he pushed to get that uncut released in the United States, because before that, it was was completely edited, yeah. 
Oh, I so, fucking love Quentin Tarantino. I, I could imagine, too. I, I didn't research too much, so Steven, you'll probably know better than I do with this, but I can imagine, too, that this was right up there on, like, the video nasties list of yep. movies. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I think it yeah. was. Well, like, he I'm, was. His name was at the top of the list for video nasties, and, like, his movies were, like, banned in, like, Germany, Europe, like, they were fucking... I feel like, Adam, out of like, all illegal. places, the UK bans shit more than anybody. <laughs> Oh yeah, the UK is like so strict on their fucking movies, and I don't get it. But just touching back on what Steven said real quick, he I just I got this visual when he was talking about like video VHS trading and video trading. I pictured some like Italian dude in the city in like a fucking back alley with a trench coat, and he's like, "Yo, man, I got what you want." He like opens his jacket, and it's just filled with like Fulci VHSs. Yep. Like yeah, man, that one right there. I mean, the good stuff. Like my dad. I yeah. could see I could see my dad back alley in Fulci videos in the fucking city. Alright, let's talk the Beyond. Yeah. The Beyond yeah, was my favorite out of the three. Well, spoiler alert, we're Just not even talking about it. Come on, Eric. Right oh. Jumping right in there. Alright, so the Beyond follow uh I, I don't know what's the main character's name? I'm I'm terrible with fucking. Liza. Alright, Liza he follows a, a girl named Liza who inherits a old hotel, which is more like a bed and breakfast type thing. Uh, Airbnb, if you would, if it was modern. In Louisiana. So she moves there to start fixing it up and open it back up. But you come to find out that the hotel was built on top of one of the gates of hell. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Zombies come out of nowhere at the end. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Which which the reason for that is uh, German uh, film... Uh, investors were on this zombie craze after uh, Dawn of the Dead success. So they were like, to Fulci, they were like, we'll throw you money if you like put in some zombies. So that whole end scene, I know we're jumping ahead of it, um, but that whole end scene in the hospital and there's zombies, he literally did that just for them. He was like, alright, you want some, some zombies? Here you go. You there. see a lot of influence too. <laughs> um, I don't remember the beyond too much, but I know in the House of the Cemetery, like a lot of the movie, you get those POV shots from the killer's perspective, and that just was like, yeah. I know Halloween was, like, huge at the time, so I'm yeah. sure that that had some, and Friday the 13th also, so I'm sure that that had something to do with it. So you kind of get this idea of influence from other movies in Fulci's movies. Uh, the Beyond, I will say, it was very refreshing because, like I said, City of the Living Dead was my least favorite, and I watched these in order. So putting the Beyond on, and that opening scene where it shows, like, the, the people coming in on the boat in 1927, and, like, just setting up this whole backstory. That was beautiful. I, yeah, I was like, thank yeah. God. Like, I was like, I need this after watching City of the Living Dead. <laughs> like, camera work with that, like, beginning, like, bit. Like, just them setting up the boats and going and then going to get that dude and, like, like torturing him and shit. That was, um... I think that's what kind of sold me on this movie when I first started watching it. I mean, like like you said earlier in the, in the, in the episode, that when they start zooming in to, like, oh, hey, look, Gore, after they whipped him, yeah. that's kind of, like, fell apart for me. But, like, up until that point, it was just, like... I was just like, holy shit, this is actually, like, really well filmed for, like, this is way better than the usual shit I watch. Like, what's going on? (laughs) And like like I had said, too, um, where you kind of get this idea of Fulci really getting a knack for what he was doing, uh, in this movie, you get these images of 
you know, when they were focusing on the eyes and really just the cinematography in general was all was done so much, so much better, better yeah. than yeah. City of the Living Dead. Like, for example, that opening scene where they're bringing the boat in and the girl in the beginning has the Book of Avon and it's like, it just shows her from the eyes up reading it and it was like focusing on it, but it was doing it in such an artistic way. And I think that's really my biggest thing. Like, not to keep going back to what Erica was saying, but like comparing Fulci and Argento night to day. It is. Argento is like, I feel like he focuses a lot on the artistic aspects of it, and Fulci is more like the gore, gore and atmosphere. Yeah. And oh, I definitely. Had said, I had said to Steven, too, like, if Fulci and Argento made a movie together, it would probably be fucking gold. It would be gold. I yeah. did. Absolutely would. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Bob uh, has to write it. There is one thing about this movie. I mean, I, I did have, like, some some complaints with it, but there's one thing that really fucking threw me off. I think I know have... what it is. What What do you think Continue. it is? Like, I can guarantee you you're not going to ask me this. <laughs> I, I'm hoping it's the scene where Liza runs out from freaking out and they show the same shot five times. Oh, no, yeah, that was really fucking weird. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no, I'm more referring to um, Liza's driving her car and she comes across Emily, the blind girl, just standing in the middle of the road. Yeah. And then Emily's like, oh, I'm going to show you something. So, Liza's just like, alright, that sounds good, get in my car. And they go to Emily's house, and then there's just this awkward fucking scene of Liza sitting on the couch, and Emily's just playing the piano, and she's like, so what do you want to tell me? And it's like, putting myself in that position, like, (laughs) imagine just being like, somebody be like, I have to tell you something, and you just go to their house, and they just start playing the piano, and just like... (laughs) And then to add like the fucking icing on the cake, which is like, well, what are you going to tell me? And Emily's just like, you have to get rid of that house. And it's like, you had to get a ride home and get... <laughs> Stand in the like, middle of the fucking <laughs> yeah. freeway, you psycho. And play the piano to be like, you got to sell that house. <laughs> there were some things in this movie where I'm kind of like, alright. Like, that, that being one of them. One, Steven, like you said, where fucking Emily's running out the door... And it just yeah. like, happens like four times, and I'm like, what yeah. the fuck's happening? And like, the shuffling of the feet, then the run of the shuffling of the feet. Yeah. I, I, was, I was trying to find out where, like, I was waiting for it to go somewhere. I was like, alright, maybe she's gonna Something's start. Something's gonna happen. Maybe she's gonna ha- start having these, like, psychic visions or something. And I'm like, nope, nothing. Oh. <laughs> you know what got film. You know what got me? The, 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 like, the morgue scene with the little girl, and the, and, like, the big, like, jar of just, like, acid that's on the shelf. Yeah. Like, doesn't, yeah, doesn't, like, why, who's leaving a jar of, like, An open jar. Yeah, it was an open jar. (laughs) Yeah. She's Why do you need acid? But she's, like, running, it's on the floor, she has fucking shoes on. Like, granted, it can burn through him, but she's got some time. Yeah. And she's running from fucking door to door like an asshole. Like, just, like, yeah, and I'm like, there's counters, there's, like, there's plenty of stuff that you can climb up on that it's, there's not that much of that. There was, like, maybe a gallon. And she's literally staying in one spot. Yeah, like, I'm like... What I didn't get, though, too, was... That scene happened, and then there's, like, a ton of scene Like, there's, like, days that go by after that, and then the part at the end with the zombies where... 
Liza goes back in, and the little girl's, like, still in the morgue. Yeah! But, like, yeah. she's in there. Yeah. But then they have, like, her dad's funeral and stuff before that, and, like, she was at the funeral and stuff, and then, like, days later, she just went back to the morgue and got it. Like, like <laughs> yeah, The yeah. only thing, explanation I can give for that is, like, she had become possessed, and since, like, somehow the morgue connects to the, the hotel as being Gates of Hell, I feel mm. like she was just kind of there... I don't know, has some kind of connection to the Gates of Hell. Because, you know, her eyes go white, and yeah. like Emily's, you know, because it, it's clear that Emily even says, like, no, I don't want to go back, like, I did what you asked me. So clearly she's from the other side as well. So, but that's the only logical explanation I can kind of give you. As yeah. Which that would, in the morgue. Well, that would make sense, though, because, like, when they go to that, uh, go down the stairs and they end up back at the hotel, is I just kind of feel like once they've encountered it, they kind of... It kind of takes them where they have to go to keep the story moving forward. Yeah. yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, it's, honestly, I can see where you're like the, the confusion sets into like how the fuck and why. Absolutely. Um, I, <laughs> I, there, as far as the gore scenes, I know that I had mentioned with City of the Living Dead how I really didn't like when they were drawn out, and I think this one has the most, the, like the best example of that. The part with the fucking tarantulas. Oh, he was yo. so dragged the fuck. <laughs> yo, he's just, they're just eating that, the dude. That shit was like ten minutes long, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Is it over yet? Yo, that, the, the scene where it's over his eyes, and you could clearly tell it's like looking through glass and like under yeah. the belly. That scene was used in Spider-Man 2002 when Peter Parker's shit. having the dream. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah. Yep. I didn't even yeah. notice that. <laughs> I loved... I th- That scene was a little dragged out. It was a cool scene, but it, it was a little dragged out. I liked the... Uh, Everybody who had acid dropped on them, their makeup was fucking awesome. Like, the effects in it, like, all of it looked, it was so good. And that was one of the things I really liked about it. I thought Emily, like, the entire look about Emily from head to toe was fucking awesome. She reminded me a lot of, um, the main girl from Suspiria. Like, just her, like, the way she kind of carried herself and the look of her. Um, even though, like, they have they have very different features, like, different color hair and, like, the work. They, she just kind of gave me that vibe. Because I was actually, uh, when we went to the, the horror convention, I got this fucking awesome Suspiria patch for my jacket. And I was actually online looking last night to see if I could find something similar in that style that was Emily for the other side. That'd be cool. Oh. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be dope, actually. I just um, think that it, like, this, this one to me, like, I thought that this, this movie out of all three to me, and, um, I know that Dylan has had different thoughts on it, I thought that this one had the best story. Yeah, like, I no, thought that I the agree. story flowed the best on, on, on this film as far as, uh, out of all three, and it was, it was more, it was easier to follow. Um, I didn't think it was as choppy. It was definitely, like, a little bit smoother uh, to me. It was very clean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I loved, I, like I said, all of the acid scenes were fucking awesome. Uh, the tarantula scene was awesome. I just felt like it was very dragged out. Yeah. Like, it was just overkill yeah. at that point. I kept what saying else? Oh, the fucking, the entire morgue scene, it was a little dragged out. But I feel like it was, like, it was done very well. Like, the it was done very, very well. It was done well, but it was, like... Like, what are the odds? Well, again, again, like... Going back to the whole running around for ten minutes, that was, like I said, that was frustrating. (laughs) No, I'm just just tired of zombies, and, like, I... Where where this... 
Where City of the Living Dead, I had said that the whole movie had me, like, zoned out, and then the end had me drawn in. This was the complete opposite. I was completely invested in this story, and then the end, they're just like, hey, zombies! And I'm just like, alright, let's fucking go. um, There is one scene that I really liked, and that's where Liza is, like, backing up against the glass, and then the glass fucking breaks, and there's all the zombies. Like, I wasn't expecting that scene. It's yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was really good. I liked, I liked the Beyond a lot. I thought that it was definitely, um, it was just an interesting, an interesting concept. And, uh, I, I don't know. I just, to me, it was just such a, a much more solid film compared to, to City. I mean, City definitely, um, in my opinion, I think it trumps it with gore a little bit. Like, the, the whole entrails thing that City had going on in comparison to, like, the acid theme that this one kind of has going on, they're very different, And but it, it just shows you that Fulci's diversity when it comes to, to yeah. gore and, and how he handles it, so, um, definitely a good way to, to kind of show, show his talent, um, like I said, his, his main focus, it's very clear that it's more the shock value and not so much the storyline, mm. um, I think that if he focused on the stories as well as the gore, which I mean, I, I imagine it's kind of hard to focus on on two really big things in, in a movie. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if if he had or if he, you know, had hired more people to kind of do the checks and balances on that, um, I think all of these would have been a lot more solid films. But I, I think that if they had the... Just such a, like, a way, way more stronger story than they had. Not beyond, not so much beyond, but definitely for me anyway, City and, um, and Cemetery. If they had stronger storylines, I think that that added with the gore would make them absolutely phenomenal. And they probably would have been in the eight and nine range for me, um, score-wise. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I love the overall, oh, sorry. Go on. Oh no, you're you're good. I was gonna say is uh, just going off of what she had said is I do feel like he does develop the like gates of hell thing in this one much better with the house. And I mean, I even like the idea that anybody who survives any sort of thing like goes blind and just has these white eyes. Like it's almost like too much to see what they saw after like they have their <laughs> encounter, and then like they're just marked after that point. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, honestly, that's my, my favorite thing about this movie is, like, the overall theme. I I think in the Gates of Hell trilogy, he really captured that in this movie, and uh, one shot I absolutely fucking love is, like, right as uh, David Warbeck's character, the Doctor, um, and Liza are about to drive to the hospital, and it shows the house, and every room light comes on, and then there's yeah. a silhouette of the dead. Holy shit, yo, what a shot. Like, seriously, that just had so much impact. And It's definitely a very strong shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fucking awesome. And also, like, the ending, like, when they they kind of run through uh, the hallway of the basement, and then now they're in the painting, which to me is like they've entered the gates of hell, but almost like they're stuck in purgatory, too, at the same time. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's fucking crazy. And then there's that quote at the end with that guy's voice. I was like, man, dude, that's that's some shit right there. Like, it just really stuck with me, and I just think like he really nailed the theme on this one for sure. I definitely agree there. I just think uh, the only problem I had with the very ending is I feel like they ran out of budget 
and they just decided they're going to use the same exact image every time they turned around was my yeah. only issue that I had with it. But I loved that they were, like you said, almost stuck in purgatory and were just trapped there now. Yeah, and the fun fact is, like, the people, those, like, bodies on the ground or whatever, uh, when they enter through the gates of hell, those were actually street bums who were paid in alcohol, and they were covered <laughs> with dirt. No lie. <laughs> Fulci was fucking savage, yo. He did not give a fuck about his actors. As long as he got the shot, that's all yeah. he cared about. Except for Catriona McCall. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did anyone think that um the plumber Joe and the maid Martha had something going on? Maybe. I kind of got that vibe. Yeah, because the way they were kind of staring at each other in the basement, I was just like, yo, what's... <laughs> we got an affair going on right here? Because she's like, Joe, and he's like, Martha. And I was like, yo, <laughs> they know each other? And I, I love, I love the scene where Joe's eye gets ripped out. Holy shit. That scene is fucking awesome. When the hand comes through the wall, I was like, damn, that's fucking brutal as shit right there. There's another thing that I don't think ended up going anywhere. I could be wrong. I might have just missed it. But the whole, like, um, the one maid's son or whatever he was supposed to be, where he's, like, in Liza's room. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm looking for a key. Like, does anything ever happen with him? Because I don't remember. Uh, He gets possessed towards the end. Like, he jumps up out of, like, the water in the basement and, like, grabs her, and that's when, like, the doctor comes in and was like, what's going on? Who are you? What is this book? Kind of deal. And then they drive to the hospital. My favorite. Because if you notice, um, when, when Emily is in the room and they come for her, and and she's, like, with her dog, Dickie, he's actually, like, one of, like, the, the dead or whatever in the circle. Like, they kind of pan in on their voices, and he's one of them. Wow. My favorite yeah. scene from this movie, and you just reminded me when you said jumped out of the water, is when um, the girl drains the bathtub. Oh, that scene is disgusting. The body's in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. And it reminded me of, um, and I, I could imagine that they had got inspiration from this movie, but the first Resident Evil game, because there's an entire part where, like, you go in the bathroom and you drain the bathtub, and there's a zombie, like, in the bathtub, in the and it rises yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So I, I could imagine, because I know that they, like really took a lot of inspiration from all their zombie movies, but... You guys How awesome was that not? dog scene? Oh. Yeah, no, definitely, but I was just like, yo, who thought Dickie was gonna turn on Emily, though? <laughs> that shit was fucking wild, man. He, like, tore her throat open and, like, ripped a chunk out of her head. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. But yeah, I'm ready to get into ratings. Yeah, me too. David, what you got? Okay, um, much like Eric, actually, this was actually my favorite of the ones, and... This is the one I've actually seen the most, but every time that I actually watch it, it uh, seems to get better for me, and I think I just pick up on more things. So uh, for me, I gave this one an 8. Jose? Um, okay, for me, this one's my second favorite. Um, I think I'm kind of an odd person out here because my favorite's uh, City of the Dead. But uh, this one, for me, um, this is where I had to start kind of like looking on online as to what was happening during the plot. But when I found out what was actually going on, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, overall, it was pretty pretty scary. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'd give it maybe like a 7.5. Right. Okay, Steven, yeah. Um, yeah. I am going with... I am going with a 10 on this one. I fucking love this movie. And like David, every time I watch it, 
I have like more of an appreciation for it. Um, I just think he really hit the mark with like the overall theme of the gates of hell, and a lot of the imagery was just fucking awesome in this. And from start to finish, I just I loved it. And uh, this is said to be the one of his best works, and I I can agree. So solid ten for me. All right, uh, this is my second favorite of the movies. So spoiler as to what my favorite is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I like I had said uh, when we first started discussing the movie. I feel like Fulci really got a knack for what he wanted to do with City of the Living Dead, and kind of I. I almost like to think that maybe he saw City of the Living Dead and said, here's what I can improve upon, yeah. and took that inspiration to make this movie. Um, the story, I think, of the movies, this had the strongest story, um, and it did carry that theme of the Gates of Hell out well. Again, my biggest complaint with it was the whole zombie thing at the end, but uh, I, again, I, I to pacing, which I, I feel like pacing is really an issue that I had with all three of these movies, but yeah. it didn't, it wasn't as bad as City by any means. Um, for this one, I'm probably going to go 6.4. So I am going to come in with a solid 7 on this one. Um... Like I said, it's it's my favorite of uh, of the three. Um, I would watch it again, and I think that maybe it is one of those ones that I need to to push myself to watch again to kind of get a better appreciation for. Um, not to say that the first time around I didn't appreciate it because it definitely has some strong points to it, and out of the three, it's definitely the strongest film. Uh, it's an interesting, again, it goes back, it's an interesting concept, and I just, my my only argument with, like, the only thing that I can truly say that I just don't like about all three of these movies is that I wish they had developed the Gates story a little bit better and made it a little bit stronger. I think that had they done that, that this entire trilogy would have been, um... Would have been high, high, way higher up for me, because um, it's they are interesting concepts, and like I said, he has he has a knack for gore, and I like gore to an extent. I I'm not as as into it as like Steven, for example, but um, he's got a fucking incredible talent for it, and he does it well, and like he knows his shit, and it shows, and I think that. Um, I think that that's what makes him very unique and makes him very interesting. And I think that those are, are really cool things. And I, I, you know, I keep going back to my love of Argento and they are night and day. I mean, they're completely different people. Um, both great directors. Uh, I think that they both have, they're both extremely talented. Um, I just think that they have two different mediums. I think that Argento is very artistic in his horror. And I think that Fulci is very in your face. Um, which are both really, you know, really good qualities and they're very interesting and it just, it's preference. And, uh, I think that this, this movie really, really showed his creative ability in the sense that it really took what he had originally, uh, put out there in city and, and kind of fine tuned it. Um, I, again, I keep going back to those two other films that we were discussing that he has out and I really want to watch it because I want to see if. 
is they diversity. Yeah, I want to see the. I want to see something outside of this trilogy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If, if you like murder mystery, that like if they're pretty much Jallos, the two films that Larry uh, recommended to you. And if you're like into that, where it's like, who the fuck is the killer? Like yeah. these are those are right up your alley. Oh, that, I sure. think I, I think I'm gonna really like them, and uh, I just want I like I don't want to like act like I I can't stand Fulci because that's not the case at all. Like I, I really do like him. I just. Uh, I think that there's definitely things that can be improved upon. Uh, but yeah, I think that this was definitely a solid a solid seven. So with that being said, I fucked it up again. God damn it. <laughs> what, the so, rating? Yeah, I, keep, the I don't know how to use Yo, a calculator. Can I, can I just say, though, Erica, like, you literally couldn't have said that any better. Like, that whole, like, after, give the reason for your rating and everything. Like, you were really spot on with that, so... Thanks, you couldn't have said it any better, honestly, so... I appreciate that. Right, that was so. very nice. That was very nice of you, Steven. I'm usually... Yeah, no, I'm just being... Like, that was really fucking well put. Like, all the points you made, so... Shoutouts. So that gives it an average of a 7.8. Nice. Oh, uh, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty I'm fair. Cool with that. Yeah. All right. I still think the shittiest of shit that we've seen is Creepshow 3, guys. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree I 100%. Yeah, for sure. Fuck that movie. I like Creepshow 3... For the LOLs, but that was it. <laughs> I would take Creature 3 over Terrorvision. Fuck Terrorvision. Sorry, <laughs> Yo, Steven, do you follow Cavity Color on... Um, yeah, I love him. Yeah, Aaron's see, awesome. Did you see... Uh, they have a Terrorvision shirt out, I think. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> but um, I've been fangirling for like two months, and every time I see a preview for it, I send it to Dylan. They're putting out a Your Next shirt. And oh, nice. I'm like, I'm waiting for it so bad. Um, yeah, he's a great artist. Steven, look out. I, this is a side note because I was scrolling through Facebook while we were talking about the movies because, you know, I'm a piece of shit and I try to double task. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Monster Mania, uh, look out for the Western Evil Evil table when you're there. Okay. Um, the guy who runs it, Neil, we're actually, that's who we were talking to about coming on for the fucking true crime. Oh, spin-off. fuck. Yeah, like, right on. Yeah, right, he's, cool. he's the one that I bought the Jason is straight edge shirt from. Nice. All right, yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna stop by, maybe pick up a shirt, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, they're really fucking cool. People. He's got some really cool fucking shirts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the house by the cemetery. This yeah. fucking movie. Oh god. <laughs> Yo, fuck you, Bob. I wanted you to die so like bad. Oh Jesus, yeah. Um. All right, so the house by the cemetery. Is my favorite of the three, apart <laughs> from Bob. That fucking Fuck voice. Bob. I had to go back and show Sierra. I was like, Sierra, I may have found the most annoying <laughs> dubbed voice, voice in history. Like, <laughs> this fucking kid. But, uh, the House by the Cemetery, it follows... Who names me... a small child Bob, by the way? It's like, yeah. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> So like, usually like Bobby, right? It's like, it was like just, hey, Bob. No, just Bob. I... Yeah, no, I Bob. I didn't know what I was getting into, and like I, I was very cautious with this one because I had heard that House by the Cemetery was the worst of the three, and I again I wasn't really a big fan of City, and I really liked the Beyond, so I was like I don't know what to expect from this. Uh, starting it out right away, I was like, okay, this seems like a Walmart version of Amityville, and I actually yeah. texted Erica that, <laughs> but like it shows this kid, and I'm like. Alright, this kid looks a little weird. And then the voice, Mommy! Mommy! I'm going to go to the house! And I'm like, oh my god. 
And then, like, when, when the, the mom is in the, like, library or whatever, and he's like, I tried to, I tried to stay away, but you know parents, they never listen! And I'm like, this fucking kid, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm gonna beat your fucking child. The fucking breaking point for me oh, was God. when, I, again, I don't know the names, but the two, the mom and the dad, his parents, when they're fucking talking in the house, and he's playing with his race car, and there's like a ten minute conversation going on, and the entire time they're talking, in the background, you just hear, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, fucking stop! <laughs> oh, but shit. Fuck that kid. Cemetery, um, this was my favorite of the three, but I still cannot tell you what the fuck was happening in this movie, so Steven, you wanna I... give Okay, so, uh, this doctor, um, Norman Boyle, uh, continues his colleague's research in this house in New, this house in New England because his colleague had killed his mistress and killed himself. So he moves the family there for six months and to continue the research. And it turns out that there is like this monstrous doctor by the name of Dr. Freudstein. Everyone refers, refers to as the Freudstein house who has been living in the basement the whole time and murdering people to keep himself alive all these years by using their cells. <clears throat> and they, they, this, you know, innocent family just discovers that dirty secret. Oh, so that storyline I thought was super interesting. Um, Wait, just, I don't see how this movie really ties into the whole Gates of Hell theme. Neither do I. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it was very refreshing to see a movie that was not revolving around zombies. So for that, I enjoyed it. It kind of had this whole like supernatural theme or like supernatural feel to it which i really fucking loved it felt like a a good ghost story to me and i think that's why i enjoyed it a lot more than the other two that we had covered but you also have this mystery of um you also have this mystery of like what's going on who uh, with the point of view shots where you see somebody killing and you're like who's killing because it seems like it's a ghost in the house, but you're like, how is it taking on this, like, human form and killing people? Which, you know, you come to find out it's this guy living in the basement. Not couch, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the movie starts out, and this was my favorite kill of the three movies that we watched, so I'm deeming this kill of the week. The fucking stab to the back of the head and the knife comes out the mouth. Yeah, that was my yeah. favorite fucking kill of this entire week. I was like, all right, that like that right there, it instantly drew me into the movie, and I was like, all right, I think I might like this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, another scene that I really liked was where it was showing, and I think that this really shows how skilled Fulci was as far as gore was. It was showing the basement and like showing all these like body parts everywhere <laughs> and just like torn yeah. up bodies and shit. And I was like, this is really fucking cool, like. As sick as, as sick as I sound saying that. Yeah. Um, I thought that it was really well done. To me, this movie felt like an R-rated Goosebumps episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. So. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this movie kept me out of basements for years, because um, I saw this after House by the Cemetery. My um, older cousins, actually, his friend bought it on DVD. He was like, yo, Steven, like, I know you like horror. 
let's watch this movie. So I'm looking at the cover, and I see Lucho Fulci's name, and I'm like, Desio, I don't want to watch this, man. Then he started calling me out. He's like, come on, you're like this big horror fan. I said, dude, I really don't want to watch this, though. I was like, I don't know, I just can't. Whatever, I tried to look cool in front of my older cousins. I fucking could. It took me over a year to go into basements. Like, I was fucking horrified of basements after seeing Bro, this movie. I am 30 years old and I still can't think about my feet being covered. I don't want to hear shit about your basement. Yo, I literally fucking couldn't. And I used to live in this house where it had tunnels in the basement. And you could actually maneuver oh, around the tunnels under the house. Yeah, yeah so, like, awesome. I was like, fuck no, no way. <laughs> No, our, like, literally, okay, so I grew up in a very old house, similar to, like, Sira, Sira grew up, Sira, how old was your house? Like, a hundred years old, right? Yeah. I think mine was built around the same time, because mine was the, one of the original houses when, uh, Rosendale was built, and, uh, when you walked in, so, the, it, if it tells you how old the house was, um, obviously people used to be much smaller than they are these days. Yeah. So the house had all of the original like cabin cabinets and like stuff like that and the ceilings and everything. Well, when you walked in, I was like, I think I was seven years old when my grandmother bought the house and the sink, the cabinets came to my waist. Jesus. So before we redid the, the downstairs of the house, I was like much older and I could literally like the cat, like the sink came to about like mid thigh. I, I I mean I'm pretty fucking tall though. I'm like six foot tall, so like th- so that's a fucking still like it's like being in like a little kid's house. Like everything is so much smaller. But so you're saying when, it's the Keebler Elves house? Basically, like <laughs> this shit was like the whole house was like that. Like everything was like so small. But when you went down the hallway, there was like stairs to go down to the basement. And the basement was dug, like they had dug it out of the earth, so it's an earth basement. So when you go down there, I mean, it fucking reeks of dirt, because that's what it is. You're basically in a fucking cave. And it was, like, cold in there all year round, but, like, there was, like, small little, like, little caves off of it that they had used as, like, root cellars and stuff like that. And at night, my bedroom was upstairs, and I used to have to walk past, like, the basement steps to go up to my room. And I, like, there were a lot of times, like, even as, like, a teenager, where I would still, like, I would haul ass past that door because it just fucking creeped me out. I hear you. <laughs> okay. I had to replay this part of the movie because it was my favorite. <coughs> Are you guys still there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I took the head. It only plays out of one headphone, and I took the headphone out that you guys are coming, like. So you couldn't hear <laughs> yeah. us? Um, my favorite, like, dubbed part of the movie with Bob is where the dad's, like, hacking the door down. And he's like, Bob, stay away from the door. And he's like, yep, I will. And he fucking, his head gets shoved <laughs> against the door. <laughs> yeah, is, Dr. Freud seems like, stay there, fucker. It's it's funny, too, because uh, that scene, we had covered Hatchet last week, and the way that Victor Crowley dies is yeah. he was against the door, and his dad was hacking down the door, and he catches a hatchet to the face, and I was like, yo, is this going to be Hatchet Part 2? Like, <laughs> yeah, right? Um <laughs> No, the whole ending scene, and I, I think that this movie really sets up the whole atmosphere thing that we had talked about earlier, because you really get this, like, eerie vibe the whole movie. Um, yeah. I love that the dad tries to, like, 
sell it off like everything's fine to the point where they find like a fucking tomb in their house and he's like oh you know people buried dead people in their house all the time back in the day i'm like <laughs> and i'm pretty sure that didn't happen but <laughs> yeah and I, I got the vibe that uh norman boyle the dad was covering something up because they mentioned haven't you been here yeah. before and he got like a suspicious look on his face i have this theory that he had like an affair going on or like a secret life because he was like no i have a son not a daughter because the, the one realtor mentioned something. Yeah. And then I think someone right. else mentioned something, too. And he just, he always looked, like, fucking suspicious. I don't know. I just That's got that interesting. vibe. And then I mean, on yes. top of that, too, they That's... had the picture of the house. And the his wife had even said, like, hey, this picture is, looks, or this house looks exactly like the picture. And he's like, oh, you know, there's probably a hundred houses like this. Yeah. 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 Well, What's that guy at the of... library that, uh is the one that was saying about like him having a daughter and everything when he came in that first day to go over the notes of the guy who killed himself. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, I he was see, like, no, I'm not that that's, guy. That's interesting that you bring that up because looking back, I could definitely see that. I, I figured it was um like in my head, I just pictured that they were seeing the little girl, like mm. whatever she was supposed to be, the ghost or whatever. And just assuming like, Oh, that's your daughter. Mm. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I could see that too, or maybe. Holy shit! I just yeah, made that connection that that that. that, that oh, I'm sorry. That girl May is actually the fucking his colleague's daughter that died. Um, like now that I think about it, like I'm sorry. After like, like, Freud's messages. Like, well, that's the th- no. I don't. I don't know because. But I mean, the way the ending plays out, it could yeah, be you that would way. think you could yeah. be. I don't yeah. know, man. We're, we're digging when deep that, here. Yeah, because when the kid climbs up, he ends up getting like. I don't know, in like a weird time warp thing where there's uh, the mom Dr. Freud's already... wife, yeah. Right. Oh, no. Let me read to you what this uh, what this nether <laughs> is from the end, according to Wikipedia. <clears throat> okay. Mrs. Freudstein leads May and Bob down the wintry grove into a nether world of ghosts and sadness. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Okay, when I watched this movie, I was so confused as to what was going on. I was to this point, at that point, when I watched this movie in my life, I had never said "what the fuck" more times in a row until I saw this movie. And I, re- I had to read, I had to go along with the sto- with like the the plot on Wikipedia, and then I got down to a wintry grove of sadness. And I'm like, what? Yeah, and then it leaves you with that ambiguous quote at the end, and you're like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, with the dad, I, th- I, okay, so, did anybody else think that the dad and the, the babysitter were going to have an affair, or had had an yeah, affair? Yeah, yeah, they, they kept giving each other weird eyes, yeah, what was up with her, eyes, and she's so quiet around the mom, and she never talked, her eyebrows, and then she just died for no reason, just died, and I'm like, what, they're not gonna do anything with that, what was up with her, though, because, it, like, showed that she was the mannequin whose head fell off in the beginning, and mm-hmm. then, like, she was just so, like, cool with, like, cl- like she was, like, cleaning up blood and stuff. So I got the feeling that she was, like, in on some shit, and then it just never explains any of it that. It didn't explain <laughs> it, though. <laughs> it, honestly, there's the lo- the lack of plot we were talking about with Fulci. That, that's a prime example. <coughs> yeah. That, I, right, that, that got me. Yeah. Kind of backtracking a little bit, um, what what we were talking about, like, uh, Steven had, had been talking about um, Fulci and his... Uh, the atmosphere he creates in in his films and i think that this movie is the best example of that i think Mm -hmm. that the atmosphere in this movie is the strongest um 
it doesn't necessarily override the the full the lack of story for me, but I think that it really it's what definitely definitely made this movie better than or for me anyway better than um City. I think that just that it's got such an eerie feel to it, and I think that that that's really what gets me. Like I, I I've said it before, um, I've touched base on it on tons of episodes. Anything that really like gets gets my anxiety going and gets me like uncomfortable, not not to the extent that some of his gore gets you uncomfortable, but just gives you that like an uneasy feeling. Um, I think uh, they're they're very strong films to me, and uh, not saying this is the strongest because I think it definitely again loses points for lack of uh, lack of a full story there, but. Um, this definitely had that atmosphere. I think that he did very good, very good with creating that that feeling in this movie. I think Dr. Yeah. Bernstein was super creepy too. He scared. Like, he literally bumped yeah. me out. Like the that child cry. Like the um, the um. Did you get your text for me? I. Uh, the whole thing that Erica was saying about like getting your anxiety going. This was the only movie. This was the only movie of the three that. I was really, like, fucking on the edge of my seat with, um, when, you know, he kills the dad, whatever, I, Stephen keeps saying his name and I keep fucking forgetting it. Every forgetting time. Nor- Norman, Norman, yeah. Norman. When he kills Norman, and, like, that right there, like, Norman stabs him and the maggots fall out, and that right there, you're like, okay, they're obviously not dealing with just, like, His use of maggots, out. man. Yeah. Just, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> maggots are, like, the one bug that just fucking trip me out. Serious I can do fucking spiders. Yeah. I can do spiders all day long, tarantulas don't bother me. But maggots. That and cockroaches. Me. Maggots and cockroaches. Like, I watched Men in Black before I came over here. <laughs> and you know when the dude puts his hand on the counter and the cockroaches yeah. come out of sleep? Yeah. What? What? He crushes the bug under his foot and goes, Oh, I'm sorry. Is that your auntie? Fucking Sarah. The, uh... That's a solid movie. when they kill... Well, his name is Mark, right? N- Norman? Norman. Norman. They kill Norman and like they're fucking trying to escape through this crack in the um in the ceiling, I guess, or the floor or whatever. Like that whole part, I was just like, holy shit. To the point where like I wanted Bob to die, but at the same time he's like trying to squeeze through the crack and I'm like, You can do it, go do it, do it. I was like, fucking kill him, Freudstein, kill him. Um no, and again, going back to uh, what I had said when we were talking about City of the Living Dead, where I feel like Fulci really got the hang of what he was doing after that. Um, the imagery in this movie was really fucking good, too. Uh, the part that stood out the most to me was where it shows the tomb that's in the house, and it just starts, like, bleeding. Yeah, that and that music cool. in the background, yeah. too, when it's bleeding. Yeah. Oh, fuck like, yeah. It, this was the only one that uh, Fabio didn't do the music for. Did he not? No, it's not, Fabio? It's not the Fabio you're thinking of. Not here. the Fabio you're thinking of. Sierra's eyes just lit up. <laughs> no. He can't, uh, he's not <laughs> Sierra just no, said, the, said same the same thing. thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is... He didn't one do the break. music for this one. Gotcha. Yeah. Which is yeah. odd, because I like the music for the other Yeah, no, it's a very haunting theme but for sure. I thought that this one yeah. had a better atmosphere and a better mood. I, I love when um the realtor goes to check on the house I when they're away at dinner. So and uh, she gets stuck in the tomb. And then we get that POV shot of Dr. Freudstein. And he grabs, like, the fire poker, whatever it is, from the fireplace. 
and just starts puncturing her. And when he gets her in the throat, it's just so fucking just brutal. I mean, another highlight of the gore. It's funny, too, because when he was, like, stabbing her in, like, the stomach and the chest, I actually thought to myself, I was like, all right, this is pretty tame for Fulci. And then you get the neck stab, and I was like, yeah. (laughs) And then he was supposed to... They were supposed to have an eye mutilation scene. Because if you notice, when he drags off her body, um, like, her eye is just fucked up, but... For some reason, he he kept saying the shot looked too fake, so they didn't use it. But I would have loved to seen like him like rip out her eye because that's like a Fulci trademark. Trademark is like eye mutilation, like that's like his thing, you know? Yeah. There was a one of the movies. I don't remember what it was, but there's a specific kill that was supposed to have the eye pop out, and it, they didn't end up doing it. I want to say it was the Beyond, um, the part where the maid gets killed in the basement. I can't remember. Wait, the Beyond? No, I can't Mar- remember. Martha gets her eyes popped out, and when he comes up from the bathtub, he pushes her through that nail, and then it, it pops out her eyeball. Okay, so it must have been the house by the cemetery. Then one of the kills was supposed to have. Yep, a, that's um... the one. I yeah, that's the one I was just. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. So yeah, you guys want to rate the house by the cemetery? Yeah. One more thing. Did anyone fucking get that creep effect when like Bob's in the basement though, and the eyes just appear out of the darkness? I was yeah, like, I thought, that was my least favorite part. I, I thought that was kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe I just like, put myself there. What's up? Where are Dr. Freud's eyes, though? Like, we see, yeah, that was my I know, I know, I know. It's, it doesn't make <laughs> sense, but... I just he also it, has a face on the movie poster, but he doesn't have a face in real life. Right. Yeah. It's it's weird, honestly. Honest, actually, that poster was used in many different Fulci films for some reason. Really? Yeah, I'm not. It's the, like the guy with the long hair behind the girl with the, the knife to her throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's recycled a lot. I don't know why, but um, I don't know, man. I just put myself in that position. Like you're a kid and you're in the basement, and then it's dark as shit, and then you just see glowing eyes. Like I'm like, holy shit, man! Like that's fucking terrifying. Even though he didn't have eyes, but still, you know. <laughs> yeah. And him crying like a kid that ad- honestly added to the effect for some reason, yeah. like the sobbing. But yeah, I'm ready to get into ratings if you I guys just, are. I just didn't understand the ending with, like, his wife, like, or whatever, the fucking woman, and she's like, okay, let's go now, Bob. And she <laughs> like, was she just collecting kids? Like, what the fuck? I, I don't know. And, like, the involvement <laughs> with dolls, like, it's so ambiguous. I, I mean, I guess she was leading them down a path of sadness and... And ghost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As El Jose said. Yeah, like... <laughs> Dude, what you got for Um, it's kind of like what other people had already said. For this one, for me, is it doesn't feel like it should fit into the trilogy, but it does create the creepiest atmosphere with almost like a supernatural, like slasher vibe to it. Um, this was my least favorite of the three, but I mean, I still thought it was pretty solid and still enjoyed it, so I came in with a six point five on it. Okay, Jose. Okay, so it's going to sound like I don't like this movie, which is not true. I actually enjoy this movie. Um, like uh, like, like we said earlier, this movie's uh, atmosphere is really, really good. I, I enjoyed uh, the look of it. Um, what gets me, though, uh, is, the, is the story for me. I, for, just for some odd reason, I kept asking what was happening as the movie kept going. It was like... I felt like he was adding too much stuff in, and then he'd never get back to it. Like, I thought the babysitter was going to have this uh, whole big arc reveal thing, and then that never panned out. Uh, I thought 
thought maybe there's there was gonna be something to the to the dad like maybe him having a secret double life and that didn't pan out either. It, it kind of just like ended too soon for me. Like I was watching it and then it felt like 20 minutes later the movie just ended and I was like, what? <laughs> um, and I still had so many questions. It's like, why? Why? Why are there ghosts? Why are there ghosts in the land of sadness? Why is there <laughs> stealing children? Like, uh, there's there's just so many questions that will never be answered, and it makes El Jose very 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 scared. And and you know, <laughs> uh, so that all that said, um, I'll give this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll give this one a, about a six point five. Right. Do you feel like this movie led you down a path of sadness and ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure many movies have. Like, Don <laughs> Mummy has led me down that path. Um, <laughs> but not this one, no. <laughs> All right, Steven, what you got? Uh, <laughs> I I have to agree with both uh, David and uh, El Jose. Um, although this wasn't my favorite, I still find a lot of things enjoyable with it. Like, Dr. Freud's scene was absolutely terrifying. Uh, it instilled the fear of basements for a while as I was when I was a kid, um, but there was a lot of like open endings that just weren't answered. And if they would have gotten answered, I would have rated this higher than City of the Living Dead. But because of that, I'm gonna give it a seven point five. Erica, no, I went. Next. You. Um, this was my favorite of the three. It wasn't the best movie I've ever seen, but as far as atmosphere, uh, this movie had. Like the best, like creepy, eerie vibes to it. Um, Bob's voice docks three points for my score. So. <laughs> that's that's reasonable. Um, no, it, I, I love the whole Doctor Freudstein. Um, the whole like that whole story. I thought it was really creepy and really unique. I guess um, I've seen it redone in other movies more recently, and I don't know if. Fultz, you was the first one to do that storyline, but it, it is an interesting one. There's a similar storyline in the Night Strangler, the um, the second Kolchak major TV movie. Um, yeah, it's like Doctor killing people to live forever and stuff. It's it's pretty good. I know there was an episode of Supernatural that did it too, um, in like the first season or the second season. But yeah, it was my favorite of the three. But it it definitely was lacking for reasons that you guys and myself had addressed. Uh, the story was almost non-existent, and it was kind of just like, here's a few good kills and some creepiness, but not promising it's going to have a good story. Uh, all in all, I'm going to give it a 7.1. Wow, you rated these high. You're not even on the episode. Go listen to Southtown. Go listen to Southtown's here. So I um I like this obviously better than than City. Um, it it had I I really feel like he like the what saved this movie for me because I again I still like I feel like Beyond just had the the most solid storyline out of out of the three films. So, again, it kind of missed the mark with the whole storyline for me, but um, Atmosphere definitely bumped it back up. Like, it, it got it. And and the Doctor was fucking creepy. Like, ridiculously creepy. I don't do, like, 
the whole doctor thing fucking freaks me out to begin with, and I, like, I can't, I don't know. Old-timey doctors in general yeah, are just are fucking just creepy, fucking creepy yeah. right? Like, even the tools that they use are fucking creepy. Like, it's, <laughs> that's a horror movie in the making. Like, that yeah. is it. A drunk um, old to prescribe cocaine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's some cocaine and whiskey for your cold. Yeah, your and like, <laughs> fucking, here, let me use ether and you can go night-night for a little bit while we do what we gotta do. Like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> Get away from me with that shit. Chloroform, ether, whatever. Like, it's gonna knock you the fuck out and, like, cut you open. They don't even give you numbing medication. You're just sleeping so you don't know what's happening. Like, I'm not okay with that. You wake up and you're like, you're gonna feel some pain. You're gonna want to hit this coke real quick. (laughs) Yeah, do a bump, man. I got you. Um, so I, I just, I feel like there was a, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of gaps with this one too. Like, it kind of was just like a little all over, but, um, the Amityville vibes that it had <laughs> kind of saved it. So I think I'm going to come in with a, I'm going to come in with a six on this one. All right. That gives it an average of a 6.7. I feel like that's fair. All right. Have a great um, night, guys. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Yo, honestly, like, like, I, I was a little, like, anticipated coming in. I was like, all right, I feel like I'm going to be, like, the only, like, Fulci fan here. Everyone's probably going to shit bomb these movies, but fuck it, you know, I'll do them justice. But, yo, this was, the, this this was a fucking... This was to be on, apparently, because, like, even Larry was like, can I please get on it? Like, everybody's like, I want to do Fulci. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, dude, like, I had such a great ta- time talking with everyone here. I loved all, everyone's input. Like, it was just an awesome discussion, so... I'm yeah, so happy. Only three fans in your group, though. So, there, well, there is one of them, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> nah, seriously though, this was, uh, I think, an awesome episode to celebrate uh, the life of Fulci. So, like, shout outs to everyone that was like on giving their input. It was great discussion. We gotta do an Argento episode now. Yeah, fuck we, yeah, we fucking, fuck yes. Since we fucking like. Yeah. Praised him the the He's, whole Fulci episode was praising I'm sorry, I love him. I just I can't I can't. No, nah, I'm all it. for it, man. Argento's the man. Like so, I, like I don't. A lot of these movies obviously are like completely new to me. Like even ones that shouldn't be are. And I was so blown away by Suspiria that like it has. It's it's probably. I was just talking to Kyle about this today. So Suspiria, Carrie. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari are probably my top three currently. I actually, okay, so I watched these three Fulci movies and then I watched Suspiria. And yeah, I'm, I'm Team Argento. Team Argento. We're sorry. <laughs> sorry, Steven. But that's it, all it's good. Like, I'm Team Fulci, but I do love me some fucking Argento. That's it's, for sure. It's all about preference. Yeah. And, um, for me, when I watch movies, I look for like an artistic mm-hmm. point of view to them. And Suspiria to me is just like a pure fucking art piece. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's such it's such an awesome movie. I have to admit, I've no. never Dude, seen. You it. shut your mouth. No, no, hands down. And we all talked about that. I don't remember. I don't think Erica agreed with us, but Dylan, you agreed with me that that movie was hard to follow when watching. Oh it. yeah, story it was visually fucking, yeah. it visually is very appealing, but the story was still very hard to follow. This was yep. a weird fucking time for movies because you're either going to get a good story and a shitty fucking visual or you're going to get a great visual and a shitty fucking story. 
But like, it's like nowadays too. It's the same fucking thing. You're gonna get a good visual or a shitty story or a good story and a shitty visual. But instead of it being like poorly done makeup, it's fucking. CGI. You know why I think that is? Is I think that so many people go into it thinking that there needs to be like one person, like, and that person's either gonna focus on one or the other. Like, I think that when you get like, when you go in and you have like multiple directors like working on a project. We all, that's when you yeah. get something that's really kind of like well rounded. We can't you can all be. I just got two, two questions real quick. Yeah. Two questions. One, Sierra, who the fuck let you on the episode? Two, <laughs> she doesn't even have headphones in. She's not even listening. She <laughs> can't like, hear shit like, anybody saying. She's like, here's my input, <laughs> yeah. but fuck you, you guys. And, and two, two, El Jose, did you say headphones. you didn't see Suspiria? Wow, I honestly didn't think anyone caught that. No, yeah. I did. I, I'm right now, dude. Get on that, man. Do yourself I know. a favor. Get on that. I really Go got. Go watch it. It's so good. Don't okay. expect a good story, on, but no, no, really good. Siri, no. Shh. Okay, <laughs> Jose, where can people find you? So I'm still on uh, Instagram uh, at uh, Jose Panbecci dot uh, or at Jose Panbecci. Excuse me. The last name is really really hard to spell, so that sucks. Um. I'm hopefully going to upload a Dawn of the Mummy review on YouTube, and if I do, I'll let you know where where to find that, because I've filmed it already, and I really don't want to watch it again, because (laughs) the movie made me sad. (laughs) (laughs) It was just bad. It was so bad. That's what you specialize in, man. I mean, it it, it is, (laughs) but like, yeah, it, it was... It was, a, it was a bad Italian zombie movie, but instead of zombies, they're mummies. It's. I'm gonna have to check this one out. It, it, get ready for most of the movie. Listen, being a- you want to see bad Italian zombie movie? Do your favor and watch Burial Ground: The Knights of Terror. There is a 40 year old playing a 14 year old, dubbed by another 40 year old's voice. What? I'm not Jesus kidding. Wow. I'm not kidding. I mean, it's Burial on, Ground, Knights of Terror. Oh, Look like it up. Steve McQueen? <laughs> yes! In the blob. Oh, we're calling you out, Steve McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> we're back at it. Fucking Steve McQueen's playing a high school. Yeah. Right. 55. David, where can people find you? Um, you can find me. I'm on Instagram at uh, DavidOSU87, or as I like to call it, DavidOSU87. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at uh, Buckeye from Mish. And you can add me on Facebook if you want to at... Uh, David Michigan Garrett Jr. We see you following all our stuff on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast or on Twitter at Horror underscore Haven. Um, Be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And Uh, if you are going to be at Monster Mania this weekend in New Jersey, uh, yo, Come fucking find me. I'll be there on Saturday. It's my first horror convention. I'm really excited. I'll be chilling out there from open to close. So uh, shoot me a fucking message on Instagram or on mine or just shoot a message at a horror haven and they'll they'll give it to me, Dylan. We'll s- yeah, let me know. Just, yeah, uh, so uh, it's going to be a fun time. Don't, don't forget what we had brought up a couple weeks ago. If you find Steven, beat him up for his psycho score. Let's go. Fight me. I gave it a <laughs> night. Fight, fight him in the parking lot. Fine, get this. over it. Get over it. Um, <laughs> yeah, tune in next week. We're going to be covering two video game theme or based Ooh, movies. Oh, wow. We're going to be covering U-Bowls. 
uh, House of the Dead. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck that movie. We're going to be covering <laughs> Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Wait, House of the Dead is the one that's based off of the arcade game, right? Yes. Yep. That, that movie's fun as fuck, though. It's Yo, like also, movie, send your vocal covers of Southtown to Sierra. Yeah, send any vocal covers of Southtown to Sierra. Do you know that kid don't play? <laughs> <laughs> you do that, and you can suck my dick. Um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, looks like Sierra's getting a lot of BJs this week. I had to explain to Sierra... <laughs> I had to explain to Sierra what Time Crisis 3 was, so... Me and, Kyle, me and Kyle have been searching for a Time Crisis 3 machine for weeks now. They tried conning me into getting one off eBay. <laughs> do it. Do oh. it. I am not buying Time Crisis 3 off eBay. And if eBay, you do, it's no not way. going in the office. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Later. Good night. night. How many have wandered innocently into the waiting spider web? How many more are doomed to follow? The smell of the rooms terrifies me and lures me on. The smell of blood. How many more still to come? Onward, into the depths of this mystery, I want to know. Know the worst. Onward. Find out. Find out. His voice. Is that his voice? Blood. Blood. Not only blood. His voice. You can hear it now. I hear it. I hear it everywhere. No! <laughs>